0: Mike Franken of Sioux City is the Democrat trying to unseat incumbent Republican Chuck Grassley this fall. Franken sits down with us on this edition of Iowa Press.
1: Funding for Iowa Press was provided by Friends, the Iowa PBS Foundation. The Associated General Contractors of Iowa, the public's partner in building Iowa's highway, bridge, and municipal utility infrastructure. Fuel Iowa is a voice and a resource for Iowa's fuel industry. Our members offer a diverse range of products, including fuel, grocery, and convenience items. They help keep Iowans on the move in rural and urban communities. Together, we Fuel Iowa. Small businesses are the backbone of Iowa's communities, and they are backed by Iowa banks. With advice, loans, and financial services, banks across Iowa are committed to showing small businesses the way to a stronger tomorrow. Learn more at iowabankers.com. For decades, Iowa Press has brought you political leaders and newsmakers from across Iowa and beyond. Celebrating 50 years of broadcast excellence on statewide Iowa PBS, this is the Friday, June 24th edition of Iowa Press. Here is Kay Henderson.
0: Our guest for this episode of Iowa Press ran for the U.S. Senate in 2020. Democrats chose Teresa Greenfield to run against joni ernst that year this year democrats gave him 55 percent of the vote in the primary and have chosen him to challenge republican senator chuck grassley congratulations on your victory thank you, admiral mike franken welcome to iowa press
2: very pleased thank you
0: also joining our conversation are thomas beaumont of the associated press and Aaron Murphy of the Gazette in Cedar Rapids.
3: Admiral Franken, during that primary campaign, your pitch to Iowa Democrats was you are the candidate who can beat Chuck Grassley. That was even on a bumper sticker uh, that your campaign employed. I, I can beat Chuck Grassley. You have that opportunity now. How do you do that? And, and, and specifically, I'm curious where other Democrats have failed in recent years. For example, Teresa Greenfield, sure. as Kay mentioned two years ago. Where are the votes for Mike Franken that weren't
2: there for previous Iowa Democrats statewide? Well, the, the, the bumper sticker actually said, I believe. Now we're changing it to, I can. The difference, I think, is is another passage of six years. Uh, the, the, the situation which is happening into the Supreme Court today, uh, the, I, I believe the, the echo chamber that is Washington, D.C., the divisiveness, et cetera. And I'm a different candidate. Uh, this is an opportunity for Iowans. The first time in, in many election cycles where no outside entity has chosen uh, the candidate for the, for the Democratic Party. This is Iowa voters, both independents and Democrats, some Republicans perhaps, who said it's time for change?
3: You look at the statewide map in, in back when Iowa Democrats won some of these statewide races, which hasn't happened, by the way, in a Senate or governor race since Tom Harkin in two thousand eight. There were more blue counties than counties like Dubuque County, Wapello County, yeah. some of these other counties that Democrats used to win in Iowa. Are those the ones you're trying to get back? In, and how do you do that?
2: Well, it's not. We're targeting some counties, indeed, but we have, in the course of of running in the primary. We've had events in 50-some different counties, maybe 60. Uh, and we've stayed on TV long enough to, to have name recognition. And those counties that we weren't on TV, I didn't have the rain, uh, name recognition. And consequently, we didn't win. Um, Abby Finkenauer had a, had a better name recognition for, for all the good reasons that she was a fabulous candidate. Uh, so the plan is to get out there. And so in the last five days, uh, we've, we've visited a dozen counties. It is, it is how to win. So we are not targeting democratic uh, counties or Republican counties we're visiting we're visiting all and every courthouse uh, every chamber of commerce uh, we're making ourselves available and I believe we have a better message I believe I can answer the questions and I don't have the legacy of Chuck Grassley which has I think going to bedraggle him going forward and how
3: do you get to those swing voters especially um, those who um Could be persuadable during a time when nationally uh, Democrats are struggling with approval numbers. The president has poor approval numbers here in Iowa. How do you as the Democratic candidate go to those places and to those voters and convince them to vote for you?
2: Well, when you've you've got a candidate that the people uh, can trust, they rely rely on, and and they've got a history of doing uh, national business properly. Um, and I think that's my moniker, uh, they look past the party politics. This is a state where some counties went 20% for Barack Obama and four years later, 20% for Donald Trump. So there are swing voters, people who vote their conscience, vote their future, vote their, their what's best for their children. And I'm reliant on them to continue that, that, that legacy forward. And I think, uh, I think we'll get good traction.
4: Admiral, I have to ask, how do you compete with Chuck Grassley's millions when Democrats nationally, when the moneyed donors who are looking at competitive Senate races are looking at your race, considering it, weighing it, but have better opportunities perhaps now for Democrat pickups in the Senate in Wisconsin and now Missouri? Sure. Well, I think that's true as it stands with the
2: polls that were done before the primary. I think what we'll see when, when the Des Moines Register does a poll or maybe Iowa PBS does a poll, some other entity <laughs> outside from the candidates, we'll find out that there is a great opportunity in the state of Iowa. And I think with our with our House uh, House candidates in the US House and those in the State House we will have a lot of traction. For instance, I was called by a fella in, in Los Angeles out of the blue, and he has a, a lobbying company of 60 associates. And they sat around and they looked at all the other states, Pennsylvania, Georgia, Texas, et cetera, and they said, you know what, Iowa, Iowa is the state that has the best opportunity to switch in, in an entire color, just like that. And we're investing in Iowa. We think that's the future.
0: But it sounds as if you're saying you need a poll to convince more donors.
2: I think we do, Uh, Kay. To my sense is, uh, we've been, you know, Iowa's slipping, and Iowa's not the state that it used to be. It's not that progressive, uh, forward-leaning state with a vibrant, uh, multifaceted economy and a great education base uh, and something that really cares for for an increase in quality of life. We've slipped in that regard. And consequently, if you speak to people in Washington on, on this matter, they'll say we're a, we're a level two or three uh, race. We need to become a level one race. Our internal polling, both before the primary and uh, happening right now, shows
4: that we can beat Chuck Grassley and uh, with decent numbers. Tom? Let's cut to the news. Sure. Obviously, the U.S. Supreme Court in overturning Roe uh, brings abortion right to the fore as we knew it would before the election. Uh, You have endorsed codifying Roe, but doesn't the court's decision uh, effectively make that moot? And what next?
2: I don't know regarding that, the initial question. Uh, I will say that I, I find it particularly alarming that the first thing the court does to really stake its mostly partisan perspective has to do with women. And I think the second thing they're gonna end up doing is going after minority rights. And I believe this is going down a path, pushing things to the state, which is directly in line with what the Republicans have been working for for 30 years. Win local elections, win state elections, push things down to the state, and we can have our way. And we'll have those blue states and red states and we'll have another confederacy of sorts. I think it's absolutely inimical to this nation. And this is just not going to go well. And of all the things to go after, after 50 some years row, and here we are, Chuck Grassley's legacy, and I'm so sorry for the state of Iowa, that in a a grand, decades of service it ends up being the person who really has given us this mostly partisan supreme court and has politicized it in the
4: manner in which in which they're showing now but to be clear uh in in the intervening weeks you haven't thought what a federal role might be knowing that overturning roe was was perhaps likely
2: well i'm a science guy i'm I'm not a constitutional lawyer i'm not entirely sure i i had a call in with a uh, the person of that ilk this morning to get that sense. And I shouldn't say on air what exactly, how this is going to go. But I don't believe it's going to go well. And I believe this will be one more divisive issue. And I, don't, I think the Republicans have definitely outplayed their hand. During
3: the primary, you were against expanding the Supreme Court to something that Democrats have, some Democrats have wanted. Yeah. Does this change your mind at all on that?
2: No, it doesn't. Um, although I... I I get a lot of encouragement to consider that. I do believe we should have a constitutional amendment that that uh, truncates a Supreme Court justices tour. I mean, that's just common sense. Uh, and whether it's 12 years, it's 18 years, something to that effect, we shouldn't have people in for, longev- for, for such a long periods. And mostly every two years or so where a president can choose a new uh, uh, a justice pl- un- depoliticizes it so much so that there's not this gaming of retirements. It's just not good for us all.
3: Something else we wanna ask you about that happened this week, and depending on when folks are watching this, may already be passed by both the House and Senate, and maybe even to President Biden's desk, is legislation that was designed to address recent mass shootings, includes some modest gun control measures, some school safety measures, some mental health care measures. Uh, Your opponent, uh, Chuck Grassley, voted against that. but if you look at what has happened in Iowa and the state legislature here, obviously with Republican control, gun regulations have loosened in, in recent years. So was Chuck Grassley, was he not just voting his constituents in, in that case?
2: Well, if if he was, he should say that he instead makes an excuse that not enough time, things due process, et cetera, doesn't really make a statement. Pro or against gun rights? Uh, it's interesting that I see, as a military person, that having defended democracy, I see this basic tenet of democracy, where the state holds governance and over, or the the federal government holds holds governance over the states, to be crippled in the manner in which the Supreme Court's doing. And Chuck Grassley's part of this. It's unfortunate and interesting about guns is i can think of no other uh example than if it's if hail is damaging your crops more hail is going to be a good thing or flooding is damaging your farm more flooding is going to be a good thing so flooding the market with guns irresponsible gun ownership that's the key and no one's going to gunsplain me on firearms ever and uh, I wish they would have called me as a, as a witness, because it's an odd thing in America today where school children's biggest threat are firearms. And having been responsible for areas in the, in the world, Somalia, Yemen, elsewhere, it's just interesting that here in America, we hold that distinction. And it's really unfortunate, because what the Supreme Court just did will make that worse.
3: And so, despite that, I also wanted to ask you about during the primary, you didn't go so far as embracing a ban on AR-15 or similarly styled uh, assault weapons, whatever term you choose to use for those types of guns. Why is that? Why? 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 Especially, you know, when people make the case that. That exact type of gun is what's always used in these mass shootings, especially at schools. Why not get those off? Well, officers?
2: it's not always used. I mean, sometimes uh, a nine millimeter fire uh, handgun is used. For example, the, um, um, the, the dance club in Florida um, and other ones. Uh, there's AK-47s, there's all sorts of der- derivations. Tech nines, nine millimeter uh, rapid fire semi-automatic uh, pistols, et cetera. Um, you've got to be very careful with this. But when the when the five five six round came out, I don't mean to go to go gun on us all, but uh, it was a five round magazine that was sold to the public. And the manufacturer of that firearm was a big gun, uh, gun uh, hunter. He never hunted with that firearm. It wasn't designed. It's designed to. It's designed for people to shoot other people. It's not designed for a hunting rifle. It's odd. I, it shows the, pardon the expression, but it's true the ignorance of the Iowa republicans in the state house to make that a firearm used for deer hunting this year it's ignorance and um and shame on them for doing that because it's just not it's just not good for hunting in general um i can go on and on on this topic and i believe i would be the level voice regarding the types of firearms be careful with that you're treating a symptom the biggest pro- the biggest thing, is treat the ailment, and that is irresponsible individuals with firearms. So and how do you that's do that? What a nation- well, there's various ways. Uh, the military has, for decades, congressionally mandated, sold firearms to private citizens, and we do, and we do that through a five-step process to ensure that they're of sound mind, sound body, and are well scripted with what to do with a firearm. And schooled, and how to store it, and clear it, and, and, and how it should stay away from children, etc. And to the best of my knowledge, never has one of those firearms been used for a mass shooting because we, we sell them to responsible individuals. There are other things you can do by typecasting, uh, fingerprinting a firearm from a ballistics perspective, and tracking it through its life. These are the things we should do, and then address the types of firearms, and magazine size, and and and, and a host of other things. We can do this. And as a
4: society, we owe it to society to fix this. Uh, you describe your, your career in the military as having defended democracy. I would have to think the, the recent January 6th hearings uh, might might prompt some, some feelings in you. And I wanted to know if you expected to use uh, Senator Grassley's at times reticence in saying that Joe Biden won the election, if you expect to use that as a campaign issue, and if you think that that is something that can inspire voters who may not be uh, you know, uh, motivated to vote in the midterm sure. to, to not just vote, but vote for you.
2: Well, I don't believe I'm much different from any Iowan who wants to ensure that we come clean if we think a transgression occurred. And everybody involved needs to come clean. What happened? Why was it? What, what, what occurred? What do you mean, Senator Grassley, that you thought Vice President Pence wasn't going to be there and you would be President Pro Temp? What did you really mean by that? And how would you have ruled on the matters before you? What did you know? And don't let your staff do this business. Walk in front of the committee, swear an oath, and make a statement. Be a leader. Step out. You're supposed to be that individual. You're the senior senator, almost in the all all of the Senate. Act like it.
4: And he's not. I see what you mean. Um, He has said, um, you know, when pressed, that um, uh, after the count of the electoral vote, Joe Biden is president, and that doesn't that stops short of saying what a lot of Republicans have. Said or, or had trouble saying is Joe Biden won. Is is, is that something that you think that, that you will make a campaign issue?
2: Well, he's so on on other on other situations in town halls, he has the opportunity to refute the blatant lies associated with uh, January six, and every time that I've seen on on camera, he's had the opportunity to refute all that. He has not. One time, he agreed with the premise of the question that. Uh, The protesters were just patriots uh, protesting what was a a misguided election, and they're in gulag-like situations because of the conspiring FBI and Capitol Police. It's absolutely absurd. It's unfortunate that Iowa's being represented by a person of that um, blindness to reality. It's time for him to go.
0: On the campaign trail, you have said that you want Iowa to return to its progressive past, and you want to be the change agent for that. But if you're elected, you'll be in Washington, D.C., voting on federal laws. So let's go through some of the laws that progressives are advocating. Medicare for all.
2: I think we ought to have the type of health care that I had in 40 years in the military, so did my family, that... Permitted us to live this full and really committed life, a preventive dental site, uh, even for a special needs daughter. Uh, however, however it, it mutates into use the various words, the Medicare for all, the single payer, a universal, a etc. However, it may become that's what every American deserves. We will be a more efficient and a more, and a healthier. Uh, a healthier population if we take a uh, take a clue from the u s military and just copy the type of health care they provide
3: How about environmental policies the green new deal quote unquote and that sometimes means different things to different sure. people but uh, how far how progressive are you willing to be on environmental policy
2: Well, the green new deal isn 't a policy it 's a it 's a stretch goal it 's stating this is what we should achieve. Uh, and it was this. Th- these are eventualities. Uh, there, it hasn't been costed out, et cetera, et cetera. But there's a series of things that we should do. And Iowa has a great opportunity to be in the catbird seat and be advantaged by it because of our wind and our potential for solar, our potential for solar grazing, our opportunities for ethanol to produce electricity here using U.S. technology and using the – and just – Changing the electrical grid in the state of Iowa, changing the agricultural opportunities for growers for co-ops in the state of Iowa, uh, that become uh, Iowa becomes this this raving fabulous spot for environmental uh, concerns, where farmers are cheered by environmental uh, groups for doing more than their share to arrest carbon.
0: You mentioned growers. Um, what's your view of medical marijuana legalized nationwide and recreational marijuana legalized nationwide?
2: Well, <laughs> I just, just came up in speaking to a large union group this morning. You know, it's interesting where we are with that in, in, in America. Uh, I, I view the, uh, the, the medicinal use of marijuana and the recreational use, controlled much like we do with alcohol, to be absolutely fine and well overdue, and we should have the federal statutes put in place where money, revenue generated by taxing uh, um, THC, uh, is used for interstate commerce, um, just like we it would for any for any for anything else. So I have no issues whatsoever whatsoever with that, and it's overdue.
4: I don't think anybody uh, encapsulates uh, Iowa's progressive tradition as well as uh, Tom, Harkin. Tom Harkin. And um, he was a, a devout advocate of union rights, and I want to know yeah. what you would propose in, in terms of union rights policy. Well, the, the, the heat's on me because he'll, I'll probably talk to him this weekend on this top topic. <laughs> I hope, anyway.
2: He'll criticize me if I do this wrong. Um, I'm a big fan of, of union rights. And I th- and I think the unions in the state of Iowa are, are on the ascendancy. Uh, and as I told them this morning, uh, I'm there's no daylight between their desires and mine.
4: You say on the ascendancy. I mean, in the state legislature, uh, union rights have been have been cut. So explain to me how they're on the ascendancy in Iowa.
2: I think businesses uh, f- and, and and communities like very much the opportunity to have unions in them because they they increase the wage scale of everyone. Uh, they, you know, if you look at JBS in in uh, uh, in Marshalltown, the the number of years union members stay there, the manner in which they give immigrants an opportunity to get U.S. citizenship, uh, and Iowa has can't possibly get enough workers. Uh, they are a great additive, uh, and I see the economy in Marshalltown, and Storm Lake, and South Sioux City, Nebraska, and elsewhere. Uh, flourishing because of those unions, um, and and I, and the, the and and I spoke to the mayor uh, yesterday in Marshalltown as well. One hundred percent on board with what they offer. Number one employer, uh, and it's a good employer. And there's a there's a hand in glove uh, relationship between the union and the city. This is a good thing and i think uh, the rest of iowa will see this we will we will become a leader in such jobs and i'll tell you with someone with a little bit of verve and what can be done at the on the river of mississippi and the and the missouri i see river commerce to to explode in the next 10 years and the work that needs to be done in the locks and dams those are union jobs and the and the infrastructure bill those are union jobs this this will this is the time to invest in unions, and we will all be better for it.
0: Um, you have said on the campaign trail that you want to revive the Iowa Democratic Party. You grew up in Northwest Iowa. You were in the military for thirty six years, retired. When yeah. you came back, were you surprised by how the Democratic Party was functioning in the state?
2: I didn't know the intricacies. I just knew the, the feeling, the sensibilities in the state. Uh, so I didn't just suddenly come back after a long absence. As my wife would say, oh, great, we're going back to Iowa. Or, or, or great, we got a four-day weekend. Where are we going in Iowa this time? Because this is where we always came back. My parents, my, my siblings, we come from a big family. It's where we always came back. So I saw these, these periodic touchstones multiple times every year. Certainly during uh, Christmas, if I was not on deployment, uh, so I saw the change in the state of Iowa. Mostly working on the the Fox News constant drumbeat, and that just people just talk differently. They talk differently at church. Uh, the people became more right wing. Uh, I would like to you know I would that's not Iowa's legacy. Iowa was a state that. That looked at gay marriage way before the rest of, this, of the United States did. We looked at where women can become members of the bar, where women can go to college. This is this is Iowa's legacy. This isn't, uh, you know, we're, as and I and the Republicans attack me that oh, I want to suddenly become more like California. No, no, no. We used to be far more leaning forward with such matters than states like California.
0: And I need to lean forward and say, we are out of time on this edition of Iowa Press. Thank you very much for joining us today. Thank you, Kay. My pleasure. You can watch every episode of Iowa Press at iowapbs.org. For everyone here at the network, thanks for watching.
1: Funding for Iowa Press was provided by Friends, the Iowa PBS Foundation. The Associated General Contractors of Iowa, the public's partner in building Iowa's highway, bridge, and municipal utility infrastructure. Fuel Iowa is a voice and a resource for Iowa's fuel industry. Our members offer a diverse range of products, including fuel, grocery, and convenience items. They help keep Iowans on the move in rural and urban communities. Together, we Fuel Iowa. Small businesses are the backbone of Iowa's communities, and they are backed by Iowa banks. With advice, loans, and financial services, banks across Iowa are committed to showing small businesses the way to a stronger tomorrow. Learn more at iowabankers.com.